0: Welcome to the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring. Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
1: And good morning. Good Saturday. We're off and running. Scott Mosby here. Two hours home improvement. All kinds of phone lines for you to help answer, assist your questions and help you with any home projects you might have around your house. Those of those you care with, care about your neighbors, all those things that we're involved in. Day to day. If you're handy, you are uh, the people that uh, are part of the KMOX Home Improvement Show family. Uh, if you're not handy and you're looking for that friend, they're usually just right around the corner, not hard to find. Phone lines to put us together here. We'll discuss anything on your topic list. And after this uh, heat of the last week, we may have a few to talk about the rain today. Three one four four three six seven nine zero zero three one four Four, three, six, seven, nine hundred. My name is Scott Mosby. I've been on here for quite a while, and uh, I enjoy my time on CAMOX, part of the Camwaex family as well. Three, one, four, four, three, six, seven, nine hundred puts us together with all the heat we've experienced and Boy howdy did we. Uh, It was quite a warm week. Perhaps you noticed. If you didn't notice or you were traveling, uh, maybe you ran into it somewhere else as well. Uh, Coming up this next week, great weather. Just absolutely great weather. Be in the low 80s and beautiful. Today we still have a little bit more rain to go through and uh, indeed it is much cooler, much cooler than it was uh, just a few days ago and just this morning. 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. 314 436 7900 314 436 7900 Interesting things in our industry. Uh Wall Street Journal reports that living rooms and bathtubs are going away in houses getting smaller. So with what's happening today in the housing, there's just there's just no houses for sale. You know, uh, if people really aren't. The uh, turnover of houses ha- has been so low that, frankly, some of the only houses available on the market are homes from new home builders. And the new home builders now garner one out of every five houses that are sold, which is uh, quite a bit up from the past uh, because they have uh, land and they continue to develop and build new. What they're reporting, though, is as prices continued to rise for lumber and labor, copper, all the materials that go into building a house, something had to go. Something has to give. You just can't keep raising, raising, raising uh, because you get an ever smaller, smaller market. Uh, So what they've done is bathtubs are going away. They're saving a few square feet by going to a nice shower. Bathtubs are gone. Frankly, in my business, Mosby Building Arts, family business founded in 1947, still in operation. We uh, service, if you can hear my voice, we we work for you. Uh, but we've seen this in, golly, I'd say bathtubs have been on the way out for 20 years. And and how it goes uh, is when you're trying to compete with space in an already sized bathroom or house or living room, whatever the space is, that when you're building a new home and the competition, competition is on a computer drafting system or on a drawing board, whatever it is, you look around and You know, it's like, well, that bathtub sure takes a lot of room. How often does that really get used? So anyway, uh, tubs have been changed to showers. Now, master uh, bathrooms uh, right at the master bedroom, that still has to be kind of a wow factor. So, you know, even though the bathtub goes away, the shower and tile typically tend to get a little um, snappier little more attractive because you know if you're if you're in the master bedroom and bathroom and you're you're making all the payments on the house by golly you want a little bit something out of that house back to kind of make that gratifying experience a little more fun so tubs have gone showers kind of take you know that's where we're getting all these uh, three inch three eighths inch and half inch plate glass doors uh the really cool features that are coming more and more and more into bathrooms um those are important uh likewise um We're not really going in the living room. Living room when I grew up was the place where, uh, you know, if you really weren't a good friend, uh, we would go sit in the living room. All of our family and our friends and our neighbors, they came in, plunked down on the family room, you know, just wherever was comfortable, usually not far from the kitchen. The point being that tubs are on the way out, living rooms are on the way out, and the kitchen space is becoming the super kitchen where we're getting into some of these bigger islands uh, and sometimes two islands, uh, two sinks, uh, depending upon how the holidays happen around that house and who hosts Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the various uh, Fourth of July, uh, Labor Day, Memorial Day, all those big holidays where people gather. If that's at your house, then that kitchen tends to be a little more prone for entertaining. Uh, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Something that we've known for quite a long time is that uh, living rooms, dining rooms, seldom used. uh, However, Building the kitchen or the super kitchen, the family room, great room as it became to be uh, known as, is, uh, and, and whoever is the food preparer, usually one or both in a couple now. They really want to be around the TV and around the guests and just kind of, you know, when you gather, when we go to somebody's house, we go to see them, you know, and if they're in the kitchen on the other side of the wall, can't be seen, can't interact, then we go in, and you wind up with two or three different subgroups. The point being that kitchens are getting bigger as living rooms, dining rooms are getting smaller or going away entirely. Uh, 314-436-7900. As we get in at Mosby Building Arts to designing, remodeling projects, uh, we find of that as well, because we have been changing as a society for a very long time, uh, and accessibility for the boomers, of which, you know, I'm one, and it's the largest chunk of population still in the U.S., um, and getting in and out of a bathtub, that step over, 16-inch uh, slippery foot step over, a little bit of a leap of faith. Also, it is the highest bathroom uh, injury room in the house is the bathroom so we're doing a lot of things to make bathrooms safer one of which is you know make it into a shower and even so taking the curb down to have a curbless shower or what you might know as a fully accessible or wheelchair roll-in shower. Uh, Those are parts of some of the things that are happening. 314-436-7900. This is Scott Mosby, Home Improvement KMOX. Stay tuned. We've got two full hours of the show. Uh, Call in, call early. Vote often. Uh, so anyway, that's just a little bit about, about what's going on in the world. Also, uh, a passing to me of somebody very significant, Clay Mathile, M-A-T-H-I-L-E. Clay Mathile was a uh, the founder of uh, aileron, A-I-L-E-R-O-N, aileron, like the thing on the back of an airplane that guides it. Uh, he owned IAMS Pet Food, sold it for a substantial amount of money some years ago. And with that, those funds, his version of patriotism was supporting small business. And so he started this aileron not-for-profit to help businesses thrive. And Mosby Building Arts is, we are indeed one of the acolytes, one of the beneficiaries of Clay's generosity. He built a large campus in Tip City, Ohio, which is uh, just outside of Dayton, Ohio. And he did this, uh, golly, I don't know, 15 years ago, some time ago. And it's quite the campus and has quite an endowment, and it exists just to have... Small business mature into professional management. And for those of you in St. Louis to listening, um, my family business, uh, Mosby Building Arts, has definitely flourished because of great advice from the Aileron team and the generosity of Clay Matiel. So I, I just wanted to give a little bit of a very respectful, uh, grat- grateful, uh, nod to Clay Mateel and uh, what he's done with Aileron, and they serve businesses all over the country. Anyway, KMOX three one four four three six seven nine hundred. we can talk about anything you want around the house. And, you know, with the weather changing, it's kind of a, whew, yeah, I'm just tired of that heat. So we're back to St. Louis weather, getting a little bit better. So we'll talk about that and more when we come back here on University of KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby, 50,000 watts at your service. Phone lines for you, 314-436-7900. And I'll be right back.
0: This is the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Sponsored
1: by Reinhold Flooring.
0: Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
1: And welcome back, Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, CAMOX, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. You are very welcome to give us a call and be part of the CAMOX Home Improvement Show. Uh, let's first start up with the fire phone lines, and let's talk to my friend Mike. Good morning, Mike. How can I help you, sir?
2: Okay, my roof is about nine years old. It's brown, okay. and I went out and I saw some really some dark colorations on my roof now. And I've seen a couple of other roofs in my subdivision with the with the same thing. What is causing that? And can I can I get it cleaned off or what?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's uh, basically, first off, uh, it is algae that grows on your roof. Algae happens because dirt and dust sit on those roof shingles. They get caught in between the granules of your shingles, and then humidity or the moisture, it just flat out stays wet, usually underneath trees with a lot of shade, not much wind and little sun. So you're just growing a little bit of topsoil on your roof shingles, and that's algae. Uh, so it's the same kind of stuff that builds up in you know standing bodies of water. Yes, yes it can come off. You do have solids, so there's a top layer. Uh, the typical treatment for that is chlorine bleach. Chlorine ble- bleach just it'll take the discolori- discoloration off. Uh, it'll kill the very top layer, but it will not remove the algae. The algae actually kind of requires a uh, kind of um, maybe a little bit of a light. Uh, hose, I, I uh, pros use pressure washers, but they're very careful to hold that wand a long way away so that they're living in a lot of water but not much pressure. But something like sodium hydroxide, a lye, or special roof cleaners that are nicer to the environment, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you know, Simple Green, Defy, uh, products like that that do address the algae below. and then now, the rinse do,
2: you only, off. do you know any company that does that?
1: Uh, Yeah, generally pressure washer, anybody that will uh, clean your deck, clean your driveway, wash your house, clean your roof. So, yes, there are companies that pressure wash like that. Now, here's the other side of it, Mike, the nasty little secret. This is an environmental problem. So until you cut down all the trees, make sure the sun and the wind get to your house all year round, all the time, that stuff's going to come back in another three to five years.
2: Well, see, my house faces uh, north and south. And yeah, we don't yeah. have no tree in the backyard, okay. so it's, it's it's getting a little bit of it's getting a little bit of shade from the one tree, but 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 that's all. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, if it's a small amount, then it's a really good thing. Uh, there are it, roof it, shingles. It, it's getting bigger. Yeah, well, it will because it yeah. keeps you know it's happy if there if the conditions are right and it's you know it's been a wet summer so we're yeah you know we've been growing all kinds of things around St. Louis that normally don't grow
2: in the summer. But I mean, actually, it won't hurt the roots. Roots, no. as, as,
1: you know. No, if you leave it alone for twenty years, yes, it will. But that's you know, that's just like, uh, yeah, you know, decomposition on a log in the in the forest. So it'll tear us all down. But not, nah, it's oh, pretty benign. It's it's ugly. Doesn't really. Yeah hurt the shingles much unless you get it really out of control um yeah. there are roof shingles that avoid this so it, there are algae resistant shingles if you re-roof your house you pay a few dollars more for nicer shingles and they have copper granules in it yeah. and that copper prevents or dissuades that for usually 10 12 15 years so that the roof shingles kind of don't do it and likewise okay
2: okay well uh, you, okay thank you very much
1: okay thanks for the call Thanks, Mike. Um, Also on this topic, if you notice the old lead boots where there's a plumbing stack, you know, a pipe coming out of your house roof, uh, that is a lead boot or a flashing, which keeps the water out around that. That lead boot has some zinc in it, and that zinc, so if you notice, on you'll see roofs, and you see all these stains, and then all of a sudden there's a little pipe sticking out of the roof, and then there's this clean area, very bright, brand new shingles, in a six inch wide streak, straight down toward the gutter. That's because the zinc in that lead boot is keeping it clean, and in my dad's years, I remember growing up as a kid, You know, we had a shed in the backyard. My dad was a builder. It was the basis of Mosby Building Arts back in the 50s. And he would roll zinc. So kind of like galvanized uh, sheet metal, steel. uh, He'd let that sit out or a strip of copper right at the shingle cap. So when the rain came down, it would wash this copper residue uh, or zinc, if you will, sometimes and it will wash down the shingles and keep the shingles clean. Anyway, 314-436-7900. Uh, it's a little tough to get people to come out because it's it's kind of low skill, um, high risk because you're messing around on the roof. It's something that I I suggest you have professionals do that are trained, uh, that can tie themselves off to the roofs for safety reasons and are insured. Uh, next up, let's talk to my friend Amy. Amy, good morning. Welcome to KMYX. How can I help today?
0: Yes, Yeah. Uh... I, we're putting in four bathrooms where a house has got one and a half in it. Okay. The half bathroom we're extending out to produce a shower stall in there, which I want to talk to you about. But the all three of them are all four of them. Uh, we want to go with a touchless. No touch, flushing the commodes, no touch, the bathroom sinks, et cetera. Okay. Each one has their own... Automatic uh, water heater underneath each room. The kitchen has their, the, you know, the the individual water heaters, which we yeah. dearly love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you just run one size plumbing pipe through the house, you don't need to. Yeah, um, you don't wait for hot water very long either. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. That stuff can come <laughs> out stalling hot. You don't even have to boil it to cook in it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh Anyway, that's the best thing they ever invented. Here's the thing I'd like to ask you about. Number one, urinals. I need -hmm. need to know which one you'd like. And I've been told not to go with the touchless kind because they don't use water and it smells. I wouldn't Uh, know. I never lived with one. So I was told you'd have to get water on it. What's your opinion on that and what brand and which one would you recommend me to use and what height? Uh, so a little boy can come up and use it. Somebody in a wheelchair can use it, or a tall well, then,
1: man can use it. Well, typically, the what I, if you're going to do it for a small boy, then it goes down low. And if that's the case for adults as well, then you need the top of that urinal to be taller. The residential urinals tend to be pretty small, uh, very attractive and waterborne because typically if it's a residence say it's your house or my house that urinal may only get used two times a day when you're in a commercial setting that urinal there's there's liquid flushing through that thing all the time so it moves the liquid through and into the pipes at home you know it it just sits in there like in a teacup so that's mm-hmm. why you need a water flush on a residential urinal in my opinion um, okay so, so Which the brand, brand does recommend much- Oh gosh! Well, frankly, it's not a. It, it, There's such simple things that personally I like a uh, protrusion. There's a V-shaped um, thing that comes yeah. toward the yeah the that the, the person. Um, the older I get, the bigger my belly gets. The bigger my belly gets, the less I can see my shoes. So the more that urinal comes out on that bottom protrusion, the more likely you are to keep urine off the floor. Uh, especially so you don't l-
0: want the smooth, pretty ones that come right. around and dare you
1: no yeah they're they're <laughs> a beautiful piece of porcelain, but they don't <laughs> catch much, so be careful what you ask for, and keep in mind okay. that especially for aging men. That uh, mm-hmm. it it's important that projection happens, and then if you've got if you're going for grandchildren mm-hmm. all the way up to adults, then the bottom is defined by the child, and that'll be easily supplied to you by the uh, fixture um, manufacturers. You know that when you go to the plumbing supply, house yeah, they, they, said
2: they know that's 18 inches yeah. for yeah.
0: one, and uh, 22 inches for another, and go wait a minute, there's got to be something in the middle here. You can well put the box. you buy you a taller urinal. You know,
1: so Amy, you go. So you put two, two
0: w, two of them in one bathroom. A no man, just,
1: just a tall, skinny one, so that it's low enough at the bottom for a uh, uh, Fox Theater. Go into the Fox Theater back in the I don't 1900s. Know which ones, but those
0: are floor-based ones.
1: Well, but they that one size literally fits all, so it's the same concept. You're just coming up off the floor to about 15 inches, but the top of that urinal also comes up to about, you know, 48, 50 inches. You see what I mean? So
0: they use the floor base one up high and set it up there.
1: No, you hang them on the wall. It's they're, they're still only about 2 feet tall, 22, 24, 28 inches, whatever model it is. The point is mm-hmm. that the bottom has to be low enough for children and the top high enough for adults. So one, one urinal.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now... Yeah. Another thing, commodes. Yeah. It's, you know the, uh, you know where you don't touch them and they flash automatically, which I know is a battery operated object. But right, right. B a r canoma or C a r o n m a or C a n o r m a. They're made in Canada. Their commodes made in Canada. Their necks are four inches. OK, they're, yeah, they're they're throat it is four inch diameter. Ours down here, two inches. If yeah. you're lucky, you might find a three inch. But the four inch ones are fabulous. But they make a U.S. one that's only two and a half inches, right. like American Standard and what have you. I'm trying to get to the four inch one. And I had a source for it up in Canada. But somehow or another, now the United States says, no, we're not going to allow those in our country. Right.
1: Yeah, that's the so issue So I you don't face.
0: understand that. I don't know why they get off with that. But um, I'm with you there. I um, mean, basically,
1: you, you have know, such a, a big hole in the bottom of the commode that anything will fall through. So without blockage. So I'm, you know, the bigger that outlet, the better no, it is. No, they
0: still have blockage. They have a circle, so they can't, you know, but it's not going to be stopped up. Right. You know, yeah, okay. Um, what brand would you recommend for which one would you recommend for a touchless style one? Um, I I tend,
1: I'm kind of a a Kohler old school guy. um, Okay. and that doesn't mean that's the only one I like the better toilets why I like the the Kohler is the research they've done into uh flushing mechanisms, but yet again, be careful you can flush a small Volkswagen down one of those toilets, so anything but the, okay. it sounds like a jet engine jet engine doing it so okay so you have to now, literally here's
0: another one the top of the commodes you can buy this as a separate piece or you can buy a commode already built with it. Where right. the water comes up on the top and you wash your hands out at the top of the commode. With the water the water comes straight up in a curl like a like a faucet uh-huh. and it drops down. And you wash your hands out up underneath there. Okay. You can use soap, you can use water, what you know, you rinse them off just like normal.
1: Yeah. Well, here's my answer. Find a supply house that um is in that plumbing fixture supply because they're even... I'm a generalist. I know a little bit about a lot of things. Uh, these are specialists. They know a lot about toilets. They know which ones, They which manufacturer. What's that?
0: Home Depot sells them on their website. They sell them.
1: Well, just because somebody sells them doesn't mean they work and doesn't mean you're going to get warranty and service on them too. So again, the who you buy it from is just as important as what you buy. If I buy the best jet engine and yet I buy it from a company that can't supply me with a jet pilot, I've got an expensive paperweight. So the best product, needs to be installed properly and some of these especially these touchless things with electrical outlets you know touchless seats and heated seats and all that you need a pretty savvy plumber that knows how to fix those things a year later because the more features you have on anything uh, the zippier it is the more service calls you're going to have so the who is just as important as the what you follow me there yep I, well, that's kind of the thing. So find a supplier uh, and 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 use their experience and their contacts. That's really it. As much as I know about fixtures, um, it still matters to me that I buy my plumbing supplies from somebody that first knows what they're doing, number two, knows more than me, number three, has some sway and... Um, influence with the manufacturer if i have a problem with a product and on some of these shower supplies i need a lot of that so just be aware that that's very very important and uh, so pick your who first and then pick your what Um, unless you're really good if you're asking me these questions you need the who to get you to the what and that's why we do the design build because we were getting so many things when they were uh, drawn and and Customers would go out and pick their, their appliances. It would come back and, you know, it, it wasn't a standard installation. It was an extra $2,000 to pipe in that shower system or whatever it was. Or once, you know, a year later after you get the thing installed, there weren't any plumbers in town that would service that brand. So it's, it, you have to be where there. Uh, next up, let's talk to my friend Bob. Hey, Bob, good morning. Welcome to CamWax, How can I help?
2: Yeah, good morning, Scott. How are you?
1: Fantastic. Thank you
2: cooler great, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's nice it's pleasant isn't it um yes. yeah feels good rain is a good surprise yeah um i have a question regarding attic ventilation for a roof shingle replacement and i'm interested in your thoughts on um roof intake venting is there there currently is only one vent it's an older house near the top of the roof and there's currently no intake venting so i want to kind of fix you know from what i understand hearing you you know there's nothing going you know that attic must be cooking up there you know last week you know
1: yeah generally i'll start bob with the basics um so for a hundred percent of air up in the attic and you want to change the air in the attic several times per hour so Mm -hmm. if you're moving a hundred cubic feet of air you need 60% of the square feet of intake low. So you need 60% intake, 40% exhaust. So you don't have a whole lot up at the top because hot air rises. Mother Nature, the sun, all of that hot attic thing is going to, you know, create a lot of velocity of, the, of that hot air leaving your attic, whether a gable end vent, pan vent, ridge vent, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. your question is the most important question of all. You want that intake to come out or to enter your attic low, And then wash up the roof sheathing just right underneath the roof shingles. Cool those off. Take the moisture out, and then escape out those top things. So first off, you need six. uh, If you're if you're gonna have a square foot of exhaust, sixty percent is low, forty percent high.
2: Okay. And I I um I understand that, and and well I thank you for the sixty forty, and and I was interested in a ridge vent, and then but then with no you know there is a, a 12 inch soffit but there's no vent so it would have to and there's no i guess you have to have that you know the bridge so it gets over the insulate you know it would be a mess trying yeah. kind to of, put but i i did some research and um that there's a vent that has like uh, several of the roofing ma- or shingle manufacturers they have a vent similar to a ridge vent that the shingles go the, the shingles go over the top of them and they yeah and they put it low in the roof for the intake, Benny. I was just seeing what your what your thoughts on that and if there's better options or you know where
1: um well, if you have a twelve inch soffit, that's the best place to put it. uh that being mm-hmm. said, so many houses don't have any kind of soffit, and those low intakes are really clever. The only downside of those is they look funky they're 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 noticeable down low uh they're a bump mm-hmm. on your roof. But, frankly, there's all kinds of bumps on your roof. So if you don't want to cut into that 12-inch soffit overhang or you're just having a roof done anyway, yeah, that's the time to do it and have the, yeah, the roofer put in. Those, and and they, they're very common, especially in tile and slate roofs because we just can't necessarily you know, cut through those things. So those oh. intakes and exhausts are uh, very common in the slate and tile industry.
2: Is there any drawbacks to those? I mean, because they are cutting in the roof. And I mean, can the snow or the rain back up in there or... Yeah, you just get them high enough on the roof. They typically
1: mount about two feet up, you know, in vertical rise, so it might be three, four feet up. You don't want to drop it down there right next to the gutter, so you have an ice dam that builds up, and now you've got ice crawling in that vent. So you have to have it up high enough, and that's, so that's what keeps it out of our ice damming here in St. Louis. That's important, Um, and that's Mm -hmm. why when you put them down in the soffit, you can avoid that hole in the roof where the ice dam is. So that's the pro and the con, but most of those low intake, um, roof, um, vents. It's either they're just aesthetically unpleasing or they're a hole in the roof down by snow and ice. You know, so when you get out to Colorado and up in the mountains, they're just not going to have those because of the buildup of the snow.
2: And I get somebody, they they'll do that and it's not cheap, you know, and, and right. also to, um, I guess if they went in the soffit, I guess, you know, how would you get through the, insulation? because, you know, I, ordinarily there's those baffles, I guess. That, yeah, yeah. You know, you have the vents, but there's no baffles, and I'm not doing the gutter, so, I mean, how would they get the, you know, how would, if you put the vents in the soffit, how would you get through the Typically insulation? from the attic, from the top down. You'd have to go through the attic and put yeah, all that it, in and...
1: None of this work is easy to achieve and you know I'm kind of a small guy so there were a lot of places where you know I'd show up on a job and I'm the smallest guy and it's like sorry boss I know you're the boss you're but you're the guy getting up there because you're the only one that fits.
2: <laughs> and there's not much room up there cuz it's real low pitch and right would so maybe is it you think maybe it'd be a better option to I'm not really worried about the aesthetic you know like you said there's bumps and yeah um, yeah Would that be a good option to do the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. uh, ...shingle over the... um, uh, And is that common for them to do
1: that? Uh, It's becoming more and more common because people, they didn't have any of that ventilation. They didn't know it was important. So only now through shows like this and and consumer education, people are realizing... You know, I need intake in my attic, and, you know, as an industry, we never were big fans of attic ventilation. So um, it's growing more as consumers get smarter, like you're you're asking the right question, and it is Because it's
2: an old house, and, you know, they didn't, they just didn't even, I guess they thought, you know, that it would say, you know. Well, we didn't do much for insulation, so it didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and then the air, you know, if it's up a couple feet, there yeah. is going to come in a little different. Is that, I mean, because I guess no. the lower the better, but it, that something's affect. better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's well, right now I that's the you know, I mean yeah. anything would be better. So I mean, it's like I can't do any wrong other than right. you know, unless there is getting in through into the house or whatever. I guess that's an insulation.
1: Yeah, um, your ridge vent issue. will haven't. An- F-A-S, free airspace, so that might be 0.67, and that means 0.67 cubic feet per lineal feet of of ridge vent so that's how you come up with okay i've got you know i've got 40 free airspace square feet up at the top ridge okay if i've got 40 that means i need at least 40 down low maybe 60 you see what i mean Mm -hmm. so that's where those numbers come in as to how many are enough well when you calculate that and you talk to your roofer roofer says okay i'm gonna have i'm gonna have 10 of those things on the bottom on the front and the back and you're
2: like wow that's a lot you know Visually. I'm just having a problem because, like, most roofers, don't you know, they just want to ignore the, you know, the ventil- You know, they want to put, like, box vents or... or um, yeah, find yeah. yeah, find a different yeah, roofer. Yeah,
1: find a different roofer.
2: Yeah,
1: they're parts replacement guys, you know, shade tree mechanics on cars. They're roofers that nail stuff on shingles, you know, shingles down on a roof, and then there's guys that understand how a roof system works. And it, they're different. And the prices are take- different
2: you would think they'd want it because then it makes the shingles last longer and but now you mean, have to have, have a smarter crew
1: need a smarter crew, you need to train them, then you train them, and then they go to work for somebody else. I mean, this is the world. I mean, this is why Mosby Building Arts self-performs so much of our work because training is everything, and it only matters for them to stay at Mosby for us to have the value of that training. So, Frank, just beware. uh, It's one of my biggest qualifiers for roofing companies. If they're willing to have an attic ventilation conversation, they're really trying to help. But the other guys, nail down shingers, they're going to be cheap. They, they'll, the roof will work, but ventilation is, you know, might work. You might even get. And do you it. guys, do
2: you guys do roofing, or yeah, or we do strictly. Okay. No, well, then, we um,
1: do roofing because we will. Now that's a problem because we're going to talk to you about gutters, and we're going to talk to you about venting. We're going to talk about roof shingles, the substrate on it, what the proper, you know, it, it's it's a. Uh, it, we spend a lot of time designing whatever it is we're doing so that you mm-hmm. get the value of your money uh if if you don't uh if have those conversations and the roofer doesn't care to have those conversations you'll get some great shingles nailed on your roof
2: right i do i'm, I'm <laughs> you know, trying to fix uh, the the problem that sh- you know things change back then yeah. it's just you know i mean that's the houses just weren't built as good yeah it's just yeah um it's just you just have to fix things you have to it's part of it, but you don't want to let it now that I'm doing a roof replacement I you know I need I want to address it as, you know yeah. so it doesn't continue but I mean it worked all that time, but um now it's the time to to uh, yeah. take care of that and then uh, if you don't mind, can I ask one more
1: question Bob I'm gonna have to get going. I'm way behind okay. here I appreciate okay. That's Can you call back next hour please it'll be a few more minutes do you mind
2: uh sure, no problem yeah
1: yeah all right thanks, Bob. take care. Scott Mosby, Home Improvement. Try and get back on track here. Thanks for calling. We'll be right back after this.
0: This is the KMOX Home
2: Improvement Show. Sponsored by Reinhold Flooring.
0: Now, Scott Mosby on the voice of St. Louis KMOX.
1: Yeehaw, baby. We're getting in a storm now. I don't know where you are in the listening area of KMOX, but uh, we have cats and dogs falling out of the sky here and big raindrops as well. Phone lines here, 314-436-7900. Next up, let's talk to my friend Chris. Hey, Chris, good morning. Welcome to KMOX. How can I help?
2: Yes. We have an air conditioner duct that yeah. gets condensation on it and drips through the ceiling, Yeah,
1: between the, and it's between the first and second floor. Oh my! (laughs) Well, brother, that's a dandy. Um, Do you know why that's happening?
2: Uh, It gets humid.
1: Yeah. Well, it's yeah. The air inside the house is humid and it's fairly warm. And when the when it's seventy five degrees outside, the AC turns on and turns off, and the metal duct up there uh, warms up and it doesn't condense. Well, when the temperature gets to be ninety, ninety-five, and a hundred degrees, that AC just runs and runs and runs and runs, and that metal in that ceiling duct gets really cold, and it's just like a a nice glass of iced tea outside in the summertime. It condenses. It it pulls that moisture out of the air. The answer to that, um, and it can mess up your drywall and your plaster over time for a long couple of years of long summers like that. Um, the, the answer is to isolate or insulate the metal duct from what's around it so that only the grill, the surface that sticks on your ceiling, will drip. It'll never stop dripping. As long as you're running that air conditioner in humid days like that, if it's metal, it will drip. Um, and And that's just kind of the way it is. What we do is when we have an attic, we'll get up there in the attic with spray foam. And we will put spray foam all the way around that metal box trying to insulate it from the cold winter air. In the summertime, man, it's, it's almost impossible to stop. And that's why a lot of these grills are turning into plastic and PVC grills because they don't get quite so cold and okay. they don't drip condensation.
2: Yeah, this, is, this isn't the grill that's dripping because the ductwork goes to the, the upstairs room
1: yeah. and not to the downstairs room. Oh actualduct the actual ductwork itself. Wow, wow <laughs> that's um, there's air getting to that ductwork. The answer is, Uh, and this is my word, isolate, isolate, don't let that warm, moist air in the house touch it. So that's where, ideally, the the way to stop it is cut the drywall out from underneath, take a can of spray foam, and spray foam all of that right up to the underside of the second floor, floor sheathing, so that any air does not touch that metal ductwork in that box or that elbow. Uh, Or, if you can figure out where air is coming into that joist cavity, uh, which is almost impossible in St. Louis because of the humidity. Um, that's it, basically that's why they insulate the ductwork is to keep that uh, outside air humidity from touching it. So your goal is to get the air inside, the humid air, from touching, stop it from touching that galvanized ductwork. Which it's easier easier to do in the winter than it is in the summer. It's yeah. tough. I don't have a good yeah. answer for you. <laughs>
2: Well, you've you confirmed what two of us have thought together. Now we just have to figure out what the best solution is. So at least, at, least we yeah. can, at least everybody's on the same idea.
1: Well, look for air leaks because it's it's very common for lap siding or, you know, where we do stack frame construction. We put up 2x4s and then we stack 2x12 two by, two by floor joists on it. So we're stacking lumber on top of each. Every one of those lumber pieces has a joint. And it's a place where air can leak inside that joist cavity and get to and touch that uh, cold metal ductwork, you see. So sometimes, mm-hmm. if you can stop that air circulation, you can minimize the amount of humidity getting to it and,
2: and yeah, diminish that. Probably other ductworks in the house that's not, yeah. or at least not sweating enough to show up through the drywall.
1: Right, right. It's all the same situation, but one gets more air source than another, and now you've got what looks like a leak. So that's the answer there. Yeah. All right. Thank you. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Good question, Chris. Good luck, brother. That's a handful. All right, Scott Mosby, Home Improvement, KMOX. Stay tuned. Hour 2 coming up on KMOX. We've got great callers. A little bit of eventful weather. How's that for a word? Eventful weather. Uh, Anyway, we'll be back after news, weather, and sports. Talk about more of the KMOX Home Improvement Show. Give us a call. Stay tuned. We have news coming up soon on KMOX. My name is Scott Mosby. I'll be with you. Hour 2. Stay tuned here on KMOX. Hour 2 coming up next.